Thanks for listening to another podcast from C3 Calgary West. Our hope is that this message will equip and inspire you in your walk with God. For more information about our church, check out our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram at C3 Calgary West. Anything's possible. Glad you're here. We got some, we got an interesting um, theme this season. Bless you. It's um, the story you thought you knew, and, uh, and welcome to C3 Church. I just want to welcome you all here. But the story you thought you knew, because we're um, trying to, I'm, I'm uh, re- renewing my understanding of the Christmas story again, and um, I always try and ask the Holy Spirit to show me something fresh. His book's alive. It's a living book. And um, we, actually, we actually have this theme of Elf this year, and so which uh, for those of you who try to do New York scene of New York out in the foyer and a little photo booth for those who would like an elfie, you can go have one out there. Or if you're, or if you're dealing with low elf esteem, you could <laughs> just go wander, wander around out there. Hey, uh, I'm going to be at Studio Bell. I'm going to be at Banff. I'm going to be at all the services, and Christmas is sensational. Has anybody this uh, watched the um, Ellen's uh, Great Giveaway Wait, isn't that incredible? The, and, and I think, and I, I even like, I think it's true to her name, Ellen the, the, the Generous. And um, I, I think we all should be the generous. Um, but I, it's just so exciting to watch people receive something. And the blessing, is it in giving or in receiving? It's in both. It's a great, great thing to watch people who are, are surprisingly blessed. And, uh, and we just, you know, we were getting a little tired and... We had taped that and we started to watch it and gosh, we started to tear up. We're getting excited about what's going to happen. And then, and then, and then another hundred thousand and then another hundred thousand and then a trip to Abu Dhabi and gosh, she was just going for it. Anyway, Christmas, the season of giving. So um, really exciting. I I hope that the, that for, for you and I, as we're going through this, the um, season of the story fight, you knew that you'll get a new interest in the scriptures that they'll come, this hunger to dig deeper into the word. I'm hoping that that's going to happen for you. Um, when you, when you, um, you read the story and uh, you, you read it with fresh eyes, it's one of the most miraculous stories ever because it's his, his story, isn't it? And, um, and I, yesterday reading through it, I, re- I, I saw how that the star, which we didn't talk about in the first service, or I don't know, um, well, Jesus is the star, but, but how the star didn't get them to Bethlehem. It got them to Jerusalem. Didn't get them to Bethlehem. What got them to Bethlehem was the scriptures. Oh, you mean just read it. And I think that there's certain events that can take place that will get you close. But unless we get into the word of God and allow that to really connect us. Bill, Bill Johnson is famous for saying, that the Bible is Jesus in print. I, I tend to think that there's, there's, there's an unlimited amount of revelation of Jesus. Revelation chapter 5, those of you reading through the Bible, reading Revelation, Jesus is called the shoot of David. I think that's phenomenal because it's kind of in line with our, our theme right now. And uh, so I want to, um, yeah, I want to have a look at this uh, again. And I want to do a quick uh, pop quiz. Um, I made a note to myself. And I don't know what I was thinking. So let me just do the pop quiz. 
Again, that y'all, see y'all, we started with that last week because y'all know the story, right? Even though it's a story we thought we knew, we all knew the story. Okay, so just shout it out to me when we have the answers for this, please. So uh, Jesus' mother was? Right, and Jesus' father was? Great, and Jesus' grandpa was? And Jesus' grandpa was? Well, he had two grandpas. You know the story, right? You're reading the book? It's honestly, it's all here. Okay, so the, the, um, in Luke chapter 2 in the Christmas story, it says who the governor of Syria was. Who was that? Just shout it out quickly. What? You know, what? Cornelius? No. This is an open book test, by the way. It's Luke chapter 2. Say it along with me, Quirinius. Oh, I know, I know. And uh, so um, just also I'd like to know, uh, what was the date that Jesus was born? It was the first of Nisan, that's right. It was when the shepherds were watching their flocks at night. And there's only one time of the year that they watch the flocks at night. It's when they're having the lambing season at night. It was a springtime. And uh, it was Nisan 1. Um, Don't want to upset anybody's apple cart. You can celebrate on the 25th if you like. But but, but, he's coming again likely on Nisan 1 as well. What do you think of that? I mean, I don't know. Nobody knows the date or the time, so... What do I know? <clears throat> okay, what was the city that Jesus was raised in? It, Nazareth, right. It's more than just the 70s band. It was uh, the place where Jesus was raised. And there's a reason for that. Do you know what the word Nazareth means? Oh, yeah, you guys were in the first service. The double dippers. Okay, uh, you know what the, he, where he was uh, born in Bethlehem, which means the house of bread, right. And the bread of life was born in the uh, house of bread, which is um, naturally. Okay, and so did God speak to Joseph by dream or by an angel? Yeah, right. So the answer is yes, both. So we're going to look again uh, a little deeper, and I hope you get hungry, more and more hungry for the word. I want to read Matthew chapter 1. We're going to look at just this first little part. And uh, I I just need to, you know, once again... um, be amazed at the prophetic nature of his birth. um, And here's why. is because uh, I've called my message today the secret king, but it's about our prophetic destinies. And uh, and I'm going to explain that as we go along. Let's just read in Matthew chapter 1. Now, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. While she was still a virgin... She became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, being a just man, decided to break the engagement quietly so as not to disgrace her publicly. Okay, so now at this point, the whole story could have fallen apart, right? Fallen, fallen. It could have fallen apart at this point. However, as he considered this, he fell asleep, and an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. One of the easiest ways for the Lord to speak to by dreams. And if you go to bed with a question, like Joseph did, it's easy for the Lord to speak to you and answer that question in a dream. Um, he said, so here, here's what he says. He says, Joseph, son of David. The angel captured a thousand years of prophetic history in that one statement. Why? Because Joseph was a secret king. And, and there should be an uh, ooh or an awe ah go up from the congregation. Ooh. <laughs> the angel said, don't be afraid. Go ahead with your marriage 
to Mary, for the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he'll save his people from their sin. Primary purpose of Jesus was saving people from their sins. For all this happened to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet Isaiah, chapter 7, verse uh, 14 of Isaiah, prophesied this specific thing. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. So I always find that odd. How do you... How do, you, how do you determine a virgin by looking? But he says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. He'll be called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. The one-word description of Christmas is Emmanuel. He's going to be named Jesus, but he's not going to be called Jesus. He's going to be called Emmanuel. Right. So Joseph woke up, and he did what the angel of the Lord commanded. He brought Mary home to be his wife, but she remained a virgin until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 6. The, um, this, this touching piece of prophetic history, and um, by the way, there's the most evidence of the book of Isaiah, of any book in the Bible, and, um, and here is 600 and some years before Christ, he says in chapter 9, verse 1, in a time of darkness and despair, it will not go on forever, verse uh, 6. For a, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. What do we got here? We've got a son, a child, and a king. One statement. This is just a, such an incredible uh, verse for me because it says that a child will be born. Right, so he's going to be the son of God. Child, born. But he says a son is not going to be born. He says a son is going to be given. This, this specific picture of the son was a gift because he was given. The, the, the son, who gave the son? Of course, we know the story. But, but then it says the government will be on his shoulders. At this point, the government, only the, the, the kingdom of God, the unseen kingdom of God right now, the other dimension of reality for you and I, uh, there, is a, there is a king for that kingdom. But he's referring to a literal, earthly, geopolitical location where one would rule and the government would be upon his shoulders. That hasn't quite happened yet. In one statement, child, son, and king. And the, so uh, here's, what, here's what's important. He's a promise keeper. All of the prophetic words until this point have been fulfilled. The prophetic words for the future will as well be fulfilled, specifically on time. All right, and it says that he's going to have uh, these royal titles, and in my Bible, they all have a capital. He'll be a wonderful counselor. What a name, that, that, which means he's going to be able to comfort and counsel, that he would be, this is, this is not his name, but it's going to be a title. He'll be a wonderful counselor. He'll be a mighty God. The child and the son will be pre, the preexistent one before he was born. He would be mighty God. What a phrase. He would be, <clears throat> more than that, he would be an everlasting father, capital E, <clears throat> capital F. Do you know him as an everlasting father? It's who he is. He would be the prince <clears throat> of peace. These, the, the, and it says, these are his royal titles, 
And it says, for his expanding peaceful government will never end and he'll rule forever, fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David, the passionate commitment of the Lord Almighty will guarantee this. All right, I want to talk just a little bit about our stories, about fate and about destiny. I got thinking about this while I was having a discussion with um, our good friend Erica the other day. Um, do, maybe, you, maybe you know, maybe you don't know, but... Um, at the crosswalks, the buttons that you push for going across the crosswalk, did you know that 90% of them are placebos? So you watch people, they don't do anything, right? And you pop, 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 like as if it's going to go faster, right? Humans are fascinating. I mean, they're odd creatures, but th- this makes them fascinating. And, and the, the door closing button in an elevator, it's a placebo. Did you know that? You're not sure whether to believe me or not. Well, try it. Push them, it doesn't work. Nothing happens, largely. But here's, here's why they do it, to give you a sense of control. Is that working? You feel like... How, how many things do you actually have control over? I need you to think about this. This is not an interesting anecdote. How many things do you actually have control over? See, here's a, because here's what I think one of the lies is you don't have control over your future. It's not true. Your destiny is always your decision. Now, there are some things that happen you had no control over. Did anybody get to choose when you were going to be born? Can I see those hands? It's pretty quiet. Did anybody get to choose your gender? Uh, And I'm not going any further with that. (laughs) Period. Did you get to choose where you were born? I mean, it's it's a great thing for those of us who were born in Canada or... America or God bless America or Australia or we didn't get to choose that right here's my distinction here I want to talk just briefly about fate and destiny because there's some things that you don't have control over that you just have to be okay with that's fate but to be fatalistic uh, you 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 would you would you you would be could be tempted to say crazy things and I hear them all the time well that was just meant to be oh really I had a discussion between services about someone that, that asked me to define that a little bit better. And I also hear this oftentimes, well, I'm, I think I'm supposed to do this. So, well, do you have a choice? Do you want to do it? Do you not want to do it? Like, so it's an, honestly, it's a very odd thing. But I, here's what I'm trying to say, is I'm trying to say that we're a little bit different than the everlasting father, the mighty God, the prince of peace. Now, his future was prophesied and... That was declared, and he was God, and that's a little different than you and I. What do you and I have control over? We have very much control over our destinies. To think that we don't would leave it to fate. And, we, and, 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 I, and I hear, and many times I hear this in people's voice, well, I just think that was meant to be. Maybe, but you can exert a little bit of faith, a little bit of effort, and you can adjust the path of your life. You get to choose that. This is a powerful thing. Here's what I'm wanting us to be aware of is that we, we get to actually choose our bloodline eventually, our new bloodline, by being vectored into the body of Christ. When we're born again, we actually have a new bloodline. And that changes our future. But that's your decision, if you want to or not. It's always our decision. And it's always our decision. I, you know what I find? Sometimes when I see somebody who looks like another person, I believe that God wants me to pray for that person. So I do this. I've seen people that look like other people um, I seen a guy look like Bill Gates the other day, and I said, I wonder what's the difference between him and Bill Gates, other than like $40 billion. But why would there be, like, wh- what happened? Same, same sort of age, 
It wasn't obviously his looks or his... What made the difference? Somebody, somebody made some decisions with their life and chose. Here's what I'm just trying to say that you always have a choice. <clears throat> you, get to, you get to choose whether you're going to participate with your prophetic future or not. Every prophetic word over your life has a condition. You have to agree with it or it won't come to pass. It's not going to just put on your sweats and sit on the couch and case okay, sera, sera. That's not, that's not how it works. We have to exert effort and faith and step into our destinies. Okay, just a little, little side point there, but why is that important? Because last week we, de- we decided, and as we went over some very inspiring research, about how our, the stories that we tell ourselves are the undercurrents of our life. Your ability to get through an obstacle, like Viktor Frankl getting through the uh, Auschwitz, his ability to connect meaning to his situation helped him to get through that situation. You and I now have the editorial privilege of editing our stories. So this week I decided I'm gonna try and listen to those inner narratives that were taking place. I was surprised to find I had hundreds going on fairly regularly. How about you? Have you been aware of the stories that you tell yourself? Because your brain cannot function on randomness. It actually has to connect the story together with something to make sense so if I were to ask you something like, I ask people this, how did you find our church? I'm interested in their answer. Some just say Google. Others would say, I found it very inspiring. I... How, how did you find a church? Well, here's what, but, but typically they'll say, you know, I've been driving by a few times and I decided, or they say, do you know what? I've been wondering about this. And they have to have a story. So your story, the stories that you connect to your life, create meaning for your life. Your brain has to work this way. It can't not tell stories. It has to have a succession of thought. Um, your, your, and so how, this is so powerful, and, I, and we'll probably follow up a little bit in the future because, because the way that you perceive God is the way that you believe God. That's how that works. And so our ability to perceive him differently will allow us to receive him differently. And there's only one thing that gets between you and I and our destiny, and that's our opinions and our perspectives. And we can hold on to, I don't think I want to do that. I don't think God's like that. that. Whatever that story is, you need to change that story in order to end up in your prophetic destiny. This, these undercurrents, and I, and I listened to, and the reason I make this point again is that they discovered that the number one issue that would create emotional stability in children was knowing their family history. It's interesting to me because because they have to connect why they exist to a specific storyline that they weren't random. And once they do, they're emotionally, isn't that interesting? It's interesting to me. But here's the the thing, excuse me. Might as well just get that spider right on out of there. um, um, I had an important thought before I was clearing my throat. Um, but it, it's really important, and the thought was so important. Help me, Holy Spirit. You're the wonderful counselor. Um, but fi- oh, 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 it's because, thank you, Holy Spirit. It's because, <clears throat> and here's why, but the Bible says, here's what it says to fathers. Uh, t- don't keep the stories from your children. Psalm 78. Tell them about the extraordinary things that the Lord has done. 
It's, up, it's a father's, I'm, I'm just going to say specifically, but whoever. Their kids need to hear the stories. They need to hear what God has done in your life and, they need, and, and retell them. And it's Christmas time. Say, you can't have dessert until you hear the story. Something like that. Blackmail them. It works. <clears throat> Tell them you heard it here. Um, so, so meaning comes from our stories. That's <clears throat> what it does. And, um, and our emotional health comes from our stories and uh, doesn't come from the Pixar movies our kids watch or the hugs they get. It comes from knowing their stories and knowing they belong. And um, so we're going to look at a very profound story <clears throat> of a guy named uh, Joseph and how he came and, and how he came, how, how the, and, and he was the secret king because he was from the lineage of David and he carried, he carried kingly blood. He had royal blood. I'll say it a few times this morning. You and I have royal blood. You, you and I <clears throat> carry within us nobility. And so the question would be, are you acting like the blood that's flowing through your veins? Because when we, are, we now have a new family line, and that's the family line of the king of kings. <clears throat> Pardon me. Okay. Kelly's going to give me a little talk on the way home about coughing into the microphone. I wonder if that was the right thing to say. I'm just, a, I have a, I, there's a little narrative that's taking place for me right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, Genesis chapter 49, <clears throat> we already know what took place in Genesis chapter 3. Uh, how that the woman, how that, how that she was going to get her, her heel uh, hurt, but that she would, that would, that foot would end up going on the head of Satan. It's how her heel gets sore, stepping on Satan. But in chapter 49 of Isaiah, Jacob is prophesying over his boys. And he gets to one, he gets to Judah, and he says, the scepter will not depart from Judah. This is why it's important, because the one, the promised one, is going to come from Judah. Right there is a prophetic declaration of that. I, I honestly still think it's good to lay our hands on our kids and prophesy. I think that's profoundly important. It says, nor the ruler's staff from his descendants until the time for the one to whom it belongs, the one whom all nations will, will obey. Well, some versions talk about Shiloh, until Shiloh comes. The, the, the prophetic picture, here's what's happening, is that Jacob is laying his hands on his boy's head, and he's declaring that not in their lifetime, but in his, in his family line, the promised one would come. Why is that important? Because this is the royal line. See, see, the job description of Satan is to stop the prophetic word of God. This, this is, and so it's so clearly laid out through Scripture how he is going to come, where he is going to come. It's so clearly laid out when he would come. Um, and even I think in, it's, it's, you know, in what he would do. I think in Daniel, it even has a specific, uh, the, the specific time that he was come. And uh, interesting to note, uh, one of the reasons we have Christmas trees and we light the Christmas trees, Martin Luther uh, seems to be the first one to light candles, put them on trees from Isaiah as well, where it refers to the juniper tree being lit up. But, but here's the story of someone who long, long, long before Christ is prophesied he's going to come through Judah. Well, what would you do if you were Satan? You would try and stop the lineage of Judah, wouldn't you? Here, the, 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 the probability of eight of the 300 prophecies of Jesus coming to pass is the same as marking a silver dollar with an X and throwing it into a pail. And the pail has to be the size of 10 to the 17th, which would be the state of Texas, and it would be two feet deep. And, and, the, and the probability of eight of the prophecies coming to pass would be the same as someone reaching into there and pulling out that specific silver dollar. If you, and if you were to 
take another eight. It's like the, the, the probability like just screams, like goes through the roof. It's like the amount of atoms in the universe or something. Like it's insane. Here, why am I saying that? I'm saying that because for the, the fact that Jesus fulfilled these prophecies, and most of them were fulfilled in the first century, the, that he fulfilled them, not, not only does it not leave any doubt, it shouldn't leave any doubt, but it just helps you and I understand that you and I each have a prophetic destiny as well. Why, and here's why I would say that. Um, it's because in, in, in Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5, he says, before I formed you in the room, I knew you. And before you were born, I set you apart. Some of you may have that memorized, and it may be your own personal word. This is such, a, be, such an amazing statement. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Listen, in the heart of God, before you were formed, you were in the heart of God. Not an accident. Not just a random cluster of cells. You were formed with a purpose and a, a unique destiny in mind. Satan's job description would be to stop the prophetic words from coming to pass. This, is, this has been his career his entire life. And he's tried to do it since the seed of the woman. He's tried to destroy the seed. He tried by, with, with messing with the gene pool, with the sons of God and the, and, the, and the daughters of man. And he created a whole another breed, the Nephilim, which by the way, this, ra this race of giants, that seed is still being tampered with today. Shall we talk about the Nephilim for a while? But the same thing is taking place today, the gene pool. He's trying to mess with the gene pool. And so, so if that didn't work and he ended up restoring the earth with a flood and then came Moses, the deliverer, and he would come a liberator, he would be in hiding and then he'd come and, and the, the Pharaoh would go crazy and try, they'd try and kill all of the Israelite boys. Same thing would happen when the next deliverer would come. His name was Jesus. And Herod would go crazy, try to kill all the children. Why? Because the promised one was going to come through the seed. Listen to me. <clears throat> Your children are my children. We're the, they're the seed. They're, they're the prophetic seed of our future. And we can't just let that be random because we're told that our sons now and our daughters would prophesy. <clears throat> they're the ones to carry the seed from generation to generation. This, this Christmas season, we need to remember not to just tell the Christmas story, but remind them of their prophetic destiny in Christ. <clears throat> it try, they, they tried to, when Jesus, after he was born, they, they, tried to, they came to in Nazareth and tried to throw him off the, the cliff. Didn't work. He just wandered through the crowd. I just love the, all these stories about, about him and, and how he, 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 they were trying to destroy him and trying to stop the line, but it never worked. The final strategy, of course, <clears throat> excuse me, was the cross. <clears throat> After the resurrection, Jesus is walking. He's doing a seven-mile Old Testament Bible study with a few fellows. And he says, search the scriptures, for in them you will find eternal life, because they are they which testify of me. He's referring to search through and look at these prophetic words that are all across the history of Israel, all across the history back to time. And he says, here's what you'll find. You'll find me. A son is born, a child is born, son is given, and he'll have royal titles. Before I formed you in the womb, help me, Holy Spirit, I knew you. This, this word, is a, it's an interesting word. There's a, there, there's, the word here is used twice <clears throat> regarding uh, forming you and knowing you. And the word can mean either to guard or to preserve or to treasure. Why, why is that important? Because each one of you, in the, before you were born, the Lord was protecting you. And before you were born, you were a treasure to him. 
Before you were born, he knew you and you were precious to him. Before you were even formed and began to come together you know, in the heart of God, the destiny in your, that he had for you was already in his heart and about to come to pass. And no demon in hell can stop that coming to pass if you will agree with your prophetic destiny. It's your choice to not give up, but to hold on because he has a plan, a great plan. This stealth king, he was hiding just like today. The king's line is hiding. The king's line, it's hiding in you and me. What would it take for someone from David's line? What would it take for him to come together with someone else from David's line? What are the chances of two young people to come together on a, on a small little town called Nazareth? What, what's the chances of those two finding each other and then falling in love with each other and then staying true to their word until they followed through with the word of God for their life. What are the chances, the probability? I don't know, I'm not that scientific, but I know it was a miracle that they found each other. I know it was phenomenal, but here's the other thing that's phenomenal for me. She was hidden. Mary, Miriam, means princess. She was hidden. What are the chances? Here's, here's what I need to say out of uh, chapter 11 now of Isaiah. It said, out of this stump of David's family will grow a shoot, a new branch bearing fruit from an old root. Boy, I don't know if you ever, if this means anything to you today or not, but sometimes something lo looks dead. Some, sometimes something lo looks like it's been cut off. Sometimes that dream that you thought or that vision that you had or that hope that you had looks dead. Out of that can come a branch, a shoot. <laughs> Out of a place of brokenness and darkness and despair and discouragement can come new life. How does it work? I don't know, but I know the Redeemer and I know he lives. And I know he lives to do his best work in things that have been cut off and look dead. I know he does his best work when everybody else gives up, but you hang on to the promise because out of the stump can still come a shoot from the line of Jesse. And he promises that he's gonna full, fulfill his word. I, the word Nazareth, it actually means, literally it means the place of the branch. Where did the branch come from? It says in Isaiah that out of the stump would come a branch, a bearing fruit from an old root. It says that the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in knowing, in obeying the Lord. And he will never judge by appearance, false evidence, or hearsay. The prophetic nature of God to bring life from brokenness out of stumps, out of broken dreams. This is God's specialty. Out of the old can come new. I love this story. It was a virgin birth. And the, because of the virgin birth, it had no curse. You and I are born outside of a curse. You need to be careful what I, some of the contemporary thoughts around curses. Listen, you and I are above a curse. We come, we come from the perfect bloodline. Curse is the one that hangs in the tree. He bore every curse in his body that you and I wouldn't have to take any curse. He revert, and today, we're gonna pray that every curse that you've lived, a curse... A definition of a curse is a negative word. That's all it is. We can reverse the curses because you and I are now we're above the curse line. Anyone that's in Christ is above the curse. He's bore every curse in his body. So you and I would have to live without any curse. 
You and I now are those hidden kings and those hidden queens. We're those ones that just go about our normal duties in our normal day. We're just those, those ones that show up here, show up there. But on the inside, something different has happened because we have a whole new bloodline that's based on the King of Kings. We have a whole new promise. We have a whole new destiny. <clears throat> we have a whole new string of DNA. If you'll believe it and if you'll receive it and if you'll be in the walk above it. I'm gonna pray for people today that have lived below their inheritance, that have lived below their identity as sons and daughters of God, that, that I'm gonna recall your prophetic destiny and declare that you would be a head and not a tail, that you'd be blessed coming and going. You'd be blessed in the city and you'd be blessed in the country. Every one of us now, we can claim Deuteronomy chapter 27, each one of those blessings because we're in Christ. It's a new identity for you and I. We don't hear anything more about Joseph that, because, because a new king had come. And when a new king comes, a succession takes place and the new king rises, the other king steps aside. There's a new king. His name is Jesus. When we invite him into our lives by faith, he, he includes us in a whole new family line. It just feels to me like inheritance have gotten stolen. It, it, it feels to me like some of the earthly promises have been lost. It feels to me like some of you may feel like, a, like an old dried up stump and out of that stump can come the shoot of Jesse and new life can come out of a place that looked dead. Would you stand with me please as I I just want to do this over everybody. The impartations for all. I have a prayer team. We have a prayer team here this morning. Only you know. Only you know. I, I, I do sense a hunger for people to, to walk in there, all that God has called them to be, but, but in your heart you feel like I'm not, I'm not there. I'm not, something's been stolen. Yeah, yeah, there's an enemy and his his ultimate purpose is to keep you from your prophetic destiny. He doesn't want the Christ in you to come. And so we're just going to bow our heads together. And then I'm going to ask if that's you to raise your hand so I can pray for you where, where you're standing. If that's you living. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.